Sing Second Sports is a ProVision Advisors production. Let us solve your toughest communication problems and leave your team stronger and more capable for the challenges that lie ahead. Visit www.provisionadvisors.net to learn more. Right. You thought you were rid of us, ladies and gentlemen, but we are back. This is the Sing Second Sports Podcast. I am John Schofield. Joining me is Bill Wagner of the Capitol Gazette and Baltimore Sun Newspapers. Chris Cervello is our producer and joining us is fullback legend and legendary artist Eric Catani and Keenan Reynolds, four-year legend quarterback at the U.S. Naval Academy. So we have a new head coach, ladies and gentlemen. We are going to have a package where we have audio from the press conference with Chet and new coach Brian Newberry. Kind of a momentous day, ladies and gentlemen. Um, you know, Coach Newberry took the reins with, you know, a lot of class and gave a lot of credit to, um, to Nehemiah and, you know, everything that he had done before that. I'm going to kick it to you, Wags. Your initial reactions, not only to the hire, where were the rumors before the hire took place? I know that a lot of people thought maybe that Paul Johnson would be coming back. Maybe there was Thiessen from the uh, Air Force Academy. Maybe with all of the hiring and firing up at Army that someone was going to come down here from there. How did the Naval Academy settle on Brian Newberry Wags? And do you think that was the right hire? Well, Chuck Gladchuck said on the presser today that he went up and down the eastern seaboard in interviewing candidates and interviewed many others on the phone. I'm sure he talked to a lot of people, but in my view, John, this was a two-horse race. The only other candidate that I can confirm was interviewed was Brian Bohannon, the head coach at Kennesaw State. We all know that Brian Bohannon was an assistant here at Navy under Paul Johnson and then went with Johnson to Georgia Tech. So he's a Paul Johnson protege. When I wrote my article listing the potential candidates. Uh, I had him at the top of the list. I don't know if they talked to Thiessen or anybody from all, at the, either of the service academies, Army or Air Force. I mean, right now, Army's firing offensive coaches. So uh, they fired their offensive coordinator, Brent Davis, and they fired their slotbacks coach, and they're shaking things up because they scored seven points against Air Force and didn't have an offensive touchdown during regulation against Navy. Um, so that I don't think they were going the service academy route. I had been hearing that Brian Newberry was going to get promoted from pretty much the word jump. Uh, I think that was really the logical hire. Uh, apparently, Chet feels the offense needs to be fixed. The defense, as we all know and have discussed on this podcast many times, has been solid since Brian Newberry took over as defensive coordinator. So if you don't promote him, then you've got to address defense as well. So, uh, obviously, Brian Newberry had to convince Chet Gladshuck that he could put together a viable offensive staff of young, innovative guys. I, I mean, I think they made it clear that they want to do some different things offensively. They want the triple option to be their base offense, but they want to have other things to go to. I think it was the right hire. I respect Brian Newberry. I like Brian Newberry. I've got a good relationship with him, so it's from a 
a personal standpoint, this is good for me as far as having a relationship with the head coach and not having to rebuild or, or build a relationship with a brand new coach. Uh, so I, I, I feel it was the right hire, John. So before we go to the press conference audio, you know, Keenan and Eric are on. Um, one of the questions that was sort of dodged today, and I'm not saying dodge in a negative connotation because I truly don't think that any decisions have been made, but the big elephant in the room is offensive staff. Who stays on? Does Ashley Ingram stay on? Does Danny O'Rourke stay on? Like guys who have been in this program forever and are critical to the recruiting efforts. Coach Newberry was not evasive, just very upfront and transparent that the staff is being put together and that they have recruiting uh, weekend after the new year um, in their sites. And, and they want some stability there before that happens. Keenan, over to you. What do you think is necessary on the offensive end in, in terms of incumbents staying on or maybe new blood being brought in so that, you know, Coach Newberry's situation is better? I'm not going to speculate on, like, who, who's going to stay or who's going to leave on the, uh, the offensive staff now. Um, I have relationships with the entire staff. Um, great respect for all those guys. You know, I've, any success that I had on the field was a direct result of, you know, their coaching and mentorship. You know, Coach Ingram recruited me. He recruited Malcolm Perry. I think his, his track record speaks volumes. Obviously, Coach Jaspers, you know, it, it goes without saying. You put two QBs in the NFL, you, you might be a damn good coach. You know, I'm just throwing something, throwing this, you know, I don't know. You might know a little something about football. So, you, you know, I think you got to look at the thing holistically um, when it comes to the offensive staff. So there's that. Um, I do think that uh, we could utilize, we could use like some outside perspective in the intermediate pass game. I think that that's something that we've talked about, you know, over and over on this podcast of like just bringing in just some, just some concepts where somebody has run the concepts in real life, because it's one thing to go out and copy like, Oh, you know, we saw this play on film, we're going to run this play. But if you never actually ran the play or coached the play or like it drew the play up and fenced the play or coached under somebody that ran the play, you don't really understand like what the purpose is, what are the answers, how does it look against different coverages, what type of coverage are we trying to attack, where, where are the outlets, you know, all those things kind of come into play when you think about the pass game. You can't just get on the whiteboard and draw some stuff up. I mean, you can, and sometimes it does work, but if you want to have a legitimate system that you can apply across an entire season, that's efficient, that works. You got to have somebody that has knowledge of that, that pass game. So I think that like, if I had to really add somebody on offense, I would just bring in somebody who wasn't necessarily of a triple option background, um, but that had experience, uh, you know, understanding the pass game, or you could look at somebody, like if you felt like you, you saw some people that ran more spread option concepts and they had some interesting co passing uh, concepts in their, in that specific, specific spread option, you know, system, you, you could look at bringing them in. But, you know, obviously I think that for Chet, this is it's, it's probably a big deal for him because I think one of the driving forces of the whole turnover was offense. So it's like he's got it. He probably feels like he has to get this right. Coach Newberry probably feels the same way. So I know it's a tough decision. And it's like, who, how do you bring in the right person to kind of bring confidence to the fans, to the team and to the recruits as well? So, Eric, before we go to Chris to break down the presser, you know, from your perspective, merit-based hire. Uh, the defense was certainly the backbone of any of the success that we had this year. Uh, and that's not to denigrate the hard work of, of any of the offensive crew, but 
obviously the defense was good enough to validate coach Newberry's hiring. So from your perspective, how does this hire feel? Like, does it assuage a lot of the hurt feelings of Kenny's departure or does it kind of fly in the face of that? Uh, defense played well this year, but you know, also you know, they let a lot of big scores happen early, which then caused the offense to kind of pivot and switch and say, Hey, now we're in catch up mode. So there, there's two different sides, you know, each game and you know, we could talk about other things, but I listened to the press uh, press conference and, you know, um, it, it, it kind of showed a lot. You know, I first want to say the offensive staff, you know, to me, you know, they, you know, I'm the player I am because of them and the detail that, you know, came with them. And also, um, you know, them recruiting me and bringing me and giving me the opportunity to be that fullback and, you know, the triple option. So I look back to every, every time I go back to a game, I make sure I, you know, I bring my friends or whoever, you know, and it's like coaching you know, like family and coach Okitis and all these coaches that I show up and they remember me and talk to them. So it's like, it's a kind of a family. Now, if you listen to the press conference, if you read between the lines as a public affairs officer that, you know, I was, a lot of things were said. A lot of things were not said. Um, example, Coach Newberry, I, I wish him the best of luck. You know, he is, seems like he's done a great job over the past four years. He's meshed well with the staff as, you know, coaching trees are different. You know, when people come in from different coaching trees, they bring in their own guys. That's the college, that's the NFL, that just transitions in both ways. So usually when the tree falls, you know, all the, all the leaves fall with it. And the same thing, if, if the roots grow, they're going with them. So coach said that he's going to, you know, immediately said defense coordinator is who? PJ. He's awesome. He's taking over spot. When he got asked a question about offense, he did not say any names. He, he kind of, uh, you know, ran around the question a little bit and said, hey, you know, I'm, I'm going to look at, you know, different options, what's going to work well, if it's under center, if it's, uh, in shotgun, I want to do RPO, I want to pass, I want to do the, you know screens and all great things to say. But if you read me to the lines, he didn't say anything about the staff or if he's bringing anybody else in, but he also did say he's taking a look and going to take his time. But more importantly, his first thing was the players and recruiting, which is huge, especially with the portal and NAL. We all know that's huge. And, and sign day is, is, you know, what, 21st for all these guys, the transfer portal guys. And they're getting tomorrow. Money. They're getting, yeah, yeah. tomorrow. It's, it's new time and it's new era. And I'm glad that coach Newberry ended it with you know, the relationship that he had with coach Ken and the leadership that he had and how amazing a person he is. And I wish the press conference wasn't person. Cause I think coach Newberry deserves better and his family should have been there with him, stand next to him. It's not just him as a coach. It's his, it's his, it's his wife. It's his entire family that goes through these long days, these long seasons, these rigors of coaching. And so I wish him the best. And, and I'm like, I'm kind of uh, intrigued to see what happens in any football. Uh, Wags, final thoughts on this before we kick it to uh, Chris. Well, Chris is going to play some clips from the presser, but one thing uh, what Eric just mentioned with the early signing period starting Wednesday and running through Friday this week, and Newberry said that was priority. Get on the phone and secure these recruits that have committed to us. What he mentioned was that a lot of the offensive recruits have now said they will defer signing until the February period because they want to see – who's brought in here and, and talk to these folks. So the, the, you know, Newberry can't rush hiring a staff, but that is already having repercussions on recruiting. Absolutely. The time is now as always recruiting, as we said, during the presser is a 24 seven thing, Chris, over to you for your initial thoughts. And then down what we are about to hear during the press conference. That'd be great. Here, here's what I'll say. And then we'll go through clip by clip. I, I liked what I heard from coach Newberry. Um, I mean, there were some optic issues with how they uh, handled the relief of uh, coach Ken. 
Um, and as Eric said, how they rolled out the hiring of Coach Newberry. And I think none of that will matter if, you know, the, the staff comes together at gels and they win some games next year. Um, I liked what I heard from Newberry. I, I, you know, I listen to press conferences during the year, but it's different when that guy is the head coach. Um, and I thought he said the right things. I thought he started off on the right foot. Um, I, I'm excited. So uh, let, let's go to the tape. As John mentioned earlier today, athletic director Chet Gladchuk formally introduced coach Brian Newberry as the new head coach of the Navy football team. The two participated in a roughly 45-minute press conference on a Zoom call with uh, local and national reporters. The first segment we're going to share is from Chet's opening statement to the gathered media in which he talks about the factors that went into his decision to hire coach Newberry. Altogether, this clip is about six minutes long, but it is well worth listening as Chet takes you point by point through the criteria that he and the staff used to determine who was best to lead this program into the future. Factors that were considered in the process. Every coach at the Naval Academy has a responsibility to understand in a very comprehensive way the mission. Uh, Physical mission is just one component of the mission at large, which of course, you know, also engages moral and uh, mental educational uh, involvement. Um, Someone that understands the mission in the context of leadership development through physical mission was critically important, Uh, can speak to that clearly in an articulate way, can convey that to our midshipmen in a way that provides assistance to our leadership center, to our academic center, and of course, to the moral dimension of the academy, which is um, managed through the commandant's office. So a comprehensive understanding of the academy in every dimension was critically important. And also again, someone that can continue to um, clearly um, involve each of our midshipmen in a way that um, it, it leads to the comprehensive development of their leadership qualities. And that was a, a very critical part of this uh, evaluation. Successful track record, winner, uh, wherever they've been, they've found a way to win. They've even a program that may, might have met, needed some development to whatever the degree. Nevertheless, the track record at that previous institution um, or wherever they are, had a um, illustrated track record of, of success, and uh, that was very, very important. You know how to lead us again to, um, to a successful uh, environment. Reputation for integrity, respected by peers. Uh, all those boxes were checked as I went through the process and you know, shared information with others inside and outside of our uh, environment here. But uh, integrity, impeccable integrity, and that respected um, stature uh, is critically important. Uh, players coach is something that, that uh, I feel is important at Navy. You know, we're not going to necessarily get uh, the biggest, the strongest, and the fastest, but we're going to recruit people with incredible desire and determination. And uh, developing those players and making good players great players is, is something that's really important at the Naval Academy. We've got to take them to another level 
in terms of their abilities and their ambition, their determination, perseverance, and motivating uh, in that context is really a critical dimension of our success at Navy. Uh, innovative, smart, intelligent, finding a way to win. Uh, we're in a time of dynamic change in uh, Division One football. You've seen the game evolve. Uh, it seems as though every year there are new dimensions to the game that need to be addressed, uh, need to be thought through. Um, we've got to move out of the, the consistent pattern of maybe something that we do and find a way to not only become innovative as we move into the next year, but also be innovative uh, in, in, in the game itself, in the moment of time that presents itself on any given Saturday. So adaptability is critically important. And intelligence and being able to do that is something that um, was a big factor that needed discussion. Um, I think another, another area that I was very um, uh, intent on the full understanding of the institution's expectations in terms of the athletic prowess of the football program um, is something that we have really talked about that's embedded in the goals and objectives. Um, Navy wants to be, aspires to be the best service academy in everything that we do, whether it be the NSTAR series, whether it be our competitions against Air Force, or whether it be on the football field and, and the big matchup that we have in December, that we want to be the best of the three service academies. Uh, and you know, winning that Commander Chief Trophy is ingrained uh, as an ambition in everything that we do. And there needs to be a clear understanding by the coach that that is an objective without any question of a doubt. The other side of that, again, is schedules can be daunting. They can be challenging. Uh, the AAC is a challenging environment. But within the AAC, if you take a look at the opportunities to be successful, uh, take a look at a non-conference schedule where we're going to position ourselves for the most part to be successful, uh, there's no question in our minds that bowl appearances on a regular basis or quite often more so than not needs to be part of that equation as well. I want to make sure that the coach truly understood that moral, mental, and physical development, leadership development is critically important, embracing the community, making certain that we embrace our alumni, fundraising is part of it, assisting it, assisting in the development of facilities and programs is important, but also important and part of that expectation is a dimension of winning that comes with this position. And those two objectives that I mentioned a moment ago, the trophy and of course, um, uh, postseason competition and appearance uh, is, is part of that expectation. The next segment is from Coach Newberry's opening statement, where he talks about what this opportunity means to him, why the Naval Academy and the Naval Academy football team are so special, and what he hopes to achieve in taking the new job. I want to say thank you to, uh, to Chet, um, to Admiral Sean Buck, uh, for, for this tremendous opportunity, um, for their ongoing support and guidance and, and their belief in me. Um, I want to say thank you to Coach Nehemiah Tololo uh, for taking the chance on me uh, four years ago coming in here from Kennesaw State. Um, I'm thankful for his friendship and his leadership, uh, his mentorship, and, you know, the mark and legacies left in this program. 
we'll, we'll be here forever, uh, forever grateful for that. Um, ecstatic about this opportunity. Uh, couldn't be more excited. It's an honor. Uh, it's a privilege to be the head coach. It, it's a great responsibility uh, that I understand fully and I, I embrace fully. Um, this is a special place. Um, I think this is one of the best coaching jobs in America. I thought that before I got here, and I certainly believe that now, especially in light of the climate uh, in college football today with the portal and the NIL. Um, believe wholeheartedly in the mission of Naval Academy. Uh, it's more than football. Um, I love that about this place. Our program will embody those things. We will foster, facilitate the mission of Naval Academy. Uh, our goal here uh, it, it has been and continue, will continue to be to develop uh, young men of character and leadership uh, and, and to win a lot of games uh, in the process. So I uh, couldn't be more excited. It's going to be a little bit of a process putting the staff together and, and getting things rolling here, but I'm excited about that. The next set of questions are from our very own Bill Wagner. In the first question, Bill asks about hiring a new defensive coordinator. He asked Coach Newberry if he has somebody in mind and plans to promote from within. In his second question, Bill switches his attention to the offensive side of the ball, asking how quickly he expects Coach Newberry to hire an offensive coordinator, what his plan is for keeping or bringing in new staff, and the timeline for those decisions. And then finally, Bill asked Coach Newberry about his message for the team. What will he say? What has he said? And what will he do to keep the nucleus of this team together, as well as to bring in new recruits to achieve the goals that both he and Chet said they want to achieve? Coach, would it be fair to say that the, you're going to promote a defensive coordinator from the current staff of defensive assistants? That would be absolutely fair to say. Uh, PJ Volker is our linebackers coach. PJ and I have been together uh, for six years now. Uh, he's a guy that I love and respect. A tremendous amount of football knowledge. Uh, outstanding football coach. Has done a tremendous job with our linebackers. Uh, has been an integral part of our success. Uh, not only coaching those linebackers, but uh, with his input and in game planning. Uh, he's creative. Uh, he's sharp. The players love him. Uh, he's he's a uh, He's a fiery guy. Uh, he motivates our players. And uh, I have a certain level of trust with him. We're aligned. Uh, we see things the same way from a philosophical standpoint and the way we want to do things on defense. Uh, I will certainly still be involved. Uh, not to say that I even need to be. That's how confident I am in E.J. Volker. So excited for him. It's been a long time coming. Uh, he's had a lot of opportunities to take other jobs at other places, and he stuck around um, because he feels the same way I do about the young men here uh, and about the, the Naval Academy. And so i uh, really, really excited about P.J., uh, and I know he'll do a phenomenal job. And with regard to offense, obviously, when you and Mr. Gladchuck met, I'm sure that you laid out a plan for how you would operate offensively and uh, those who you might bring in. Um, I mean, can you just kind of elaborate on your discussions there? And is there – I mean, beyond – having some triple option elements as Mr. Gladchuck outlined was going to be crucial. Um, are, what other things are you looking for in an offensive coordinator? Well, Chet and I are certainly in alignment on, on what it takes to be successful here on the offensive side of the football uh, in, a, in a grander scheme of things, what the formula is for us to win football games here. We know we've got to be able to run the football. We know we have to have an element of triple option. Um, there's a lot of ways to skin a cat, you know, talking to a lot of different people, a lot of, a lot of people that are out there really creative and what they're doing. Really, 
uh, with triple option principles, whether it be under the center or in the gun. I think the thing that we've got to be able to do here as well is, is take what people give us. Uh, we, we've got to be able to get the ball on the perimeter in creative ways. Uh, we've got to be able to throw three-step, quick pass game, um, get the ball on the perimeter with, with quick screens, for example, uh, and be able to take advantage of what people are, get, are giving us. Uh, and that's the RPO world of today. Um, but we've got to be able to run the football. We've got to possess the football. Uh, but if people are going to give us things on the perimeter we can take advantage of, we need to have a way to be able to do that. And whether that means throw it eight to ten times a game or 15 to 20, whatever we have to do to win. Uh, but we know we have to run the football. We know we have to possess the football. Uh, and that's what we're going to do. And uh, excited. Talked to a lot of really, really innovative uh, uh, offensive coordinators out there. A lot of guys with some great ideas, and, and we're still in the process of vetting those guys, and, and uh, but really excited. I know what the formula is, uh, and I know what I want it to look like, and that's going to be a collaboration with whoever we hire uh, and what my ideas are for that offense. So, Brian, are you concerned? I mean, already a very talented player has announced he's going into the transfer portal, a guy that you were relying on for next year. Are, are are you worried about more defections and do you feel like you can hurry up and pull this thing or already have started to, to guarantee that you don't lose more talented players, be it ones currently in the program, mm -hmm. ones committed to the program or ones that are at the prep school? Yeah, well, I, th I think it's always a concern. Uh, you know, that, that concern was a little different in this situation, obviously. Um, the, the one young man that left the program had plans to do that before any of this, this happened. Um, so that, you know, for us here as, as a sophomore, especially if you've had success and you've played a lot of snaps, uh, and maybe you're not happy with everything, um, then you start to look and, and think maybe there's other opportunities out there. Obviously, the transfer portal has made those opportunities more uh, accessible. And uh, so it's always a concern, but we've got a really tight knit group, guys that love and care about each other. Um, you know, I think the, the, the changes in college football with the portal and the NIL, I, I think that's an advantage for us. I really do. We're, we're a developmental program. Um, some of the other schools, it's really hard to develop a team uh, and, a, and a culture uh, of a group of young men that, that care about each other, that love each other, that have been through the fire together, uh, that have earned uh, their respect from their teammates, hold each other accountable. We have the ability to do that here, and I think that's a huge draw. Um, and the NIL piece, obviously, is, is on the back end of what this place can do for you. So for me, I think um, – the culture piece has always been strong here, and I think that's going to be our biggest advantage moving forward in uh, today's football climate. The complete version of this discussion with both Chet and Coach Brian Newberry will be available on NavySports.com if you'd like to see the press conference in its entirety. Now back to John and Wags. All right, so Wags, obviously a lot of content there, um, and I'll just get right to it. There were a lot of things, and Eric alluded to this, there were a lot of things that were not said. And, and for me, what I was looking for was, all right, hey, we understand that Kenny had done so much for the program and now we're going in a different direction. That didn't seem to come out. And apparently the rift that existed between Kenny and Chet was pretty obvious today. And I don't blame either of them for that. They were both very uber successful people. So from your perspective, how did this come off? Because for me, the presser, as Eric said, could have been in person, could have been in a different way, could have 
recognized where this program has been. Even Barry Sperluga of the Washington Post was like, hey, this is a coach who took Navy to 11 bowls in 13 years. Shouldn't there be a little bit more to this? Should there have been a little bit more to this, Wax? It's a really good question, John. And yeah, I mean, it's quite obvious. Jet is not going to talk about Ken Niamatololo at this point. Uh, he's over that. He's moving on. And it was obvious when you asked Chet the question about backlash toward the firing of Kenya Matololo. And he basically said, I, I haven't seen any stories. I haven't seen any social media. My total focus was on moving forward and getting to the point where we are today, where we've hired a new head coach. So he, he's not going there. I applaud Brian Newberry for speaking very strongly about Kenya Matololo and saying that he was a great mentor, that Kenny Amatololo was one of the greatest leaders I've ever been around. And if I can be half the leader he is, I'll be happy. I thought Brian Newberry said some things that needed to be said about a great former coach and all of his contributions to Navy said his legacy will be live here forever. Um, so I, I push for an, on an in, in-person press conference. I think hiring a football coach is a major, major deal, and it should be rolled out with pomp and circumstance and cheerleaders and uh, people from the athletic department and families of the coaches, et cetera. I just, I know we're in the COVID era, but you can still pull together an in-person press conference and media will show up. So, and I mean, I, I, I don't even want to say about how we have always at every press conference to introduce a new Navy coach taking pictures. You know, you always got the obligatory picture of, Chet sitting at the podium next to the head coach. Everybody's in their suit and tie. So uh, I, I, I would prefer that. I, I, even in the COVID era, I think we can still have in-person press conferences for something that is this big of a deal. Um, coach Newberry uh, indicated some things about offense that I thought were interesting. He started talking about being innovative and doing certain things. And one thing he mentioned, and this dovetails with what Keenan brought up, passing. Uh, we got to find a way to get the ball on the perimeter. If we got to throw screens, uh, three-step drops as far as the quarterback, three-step drop, quick passing elements, some of the things we've been advocating for on this podcast for a long time. So uh, I'll, I'll throw it over to the guys, Keenan and Eric, and we'll see what they have to say. Go go ahead, John. Yeah, I think it's interesting to hear, hear Coach New uh, talk about what he would like to see the offense philosophy, philosophy to be going forward. Um, and, and by the way, just to, you know, send my congrats to him as well. Um, you know, a lot of respect for what he's done. Uh, don't know him that, that well, but I know that, you know, if he's on, if he's on, if he was in Navy and coach, coach Nehemiah brought him in, I know he's, you know, a stand up guy, a plus coach, a plus leader. So I'm excited to see what he can do. Um, just to kind of echo some of, uh, Eric's sentiments. I think that like, you know, another thing that has to kind of, this is really interesting to me is, uh, you know, the the young talent on the Navy side that has jumped into the portal, uh, specifically, you know, offensively and, and I think some defensively as well. And then secondly, uh, you know, when you run in those types of concepts, like you can have a, a Nexus and O's guy and you could have, you know, the most brilliant offensive minds. But if you don't have the uh, if you don't have the guys to run it, then it's not going to work. Um, and that's not a knock on the guys and, and saying that they're not good or bad, but you know, uh, the, you can't come in and try to run an NFL offense with, with guys who were brought in to run a triple option like that. 
you know what I'm saying? Like you wouldn't, that doesn't make any sense. So I think you, you have to be very particular about how you implement it and how do you stay within the system and make your guys do what they do, do what they do best. You got to understand the talent that you have, what their strengths are and craft your offense around it. So like on the one hand, we definitely agree that I definitely agree that there needs to be a, a better, a, a more intermediate passing system in place. And we've advocated for that. And I literally just advocated for it, but I also think it, it, it requires some nuance on like, okay, who do we have? Where they where do they work best? You know, like the traditional A that traditional A back might need to be a hybrid slot receiver. Like you have the talent, the speed, the quickness to be a slot guy. So when we when we run those more traditional or spread-ish packages, we'll make you a slot guy. And then when we want to get in this triple option, we'll run you as triple option because you can do that. So like you got to have the coaches that can that can adapt to that mentality. You got to have the guys that are willing to adapt to that mentality. So there's a lot of that goes into it. Um, you can't just snap your fingers and say, all right, the offense is fixed. Like there's a lot of nuance that has to be applied. And I think that, you know, we're, we're definitely, we got the guys on, the, we got the players that can do it. I think, you know, the talent is undeniable. Um, it's just a matter of buy-in and, and getting the right staff that meshes together. So Eric, you're a communicator. Um, after what you heard today and everything that's happened going into today, you know, what's the mission and vision of Navy football? You know, what's the identity? And if you were in a position to advise Coach New or Chet, you know, what would your advice be in terms of rebranding something that just radically changed after many, many years? What's the identity of this team going forward for you as a communicator? Yeah, that's that's a very good question. Um, That's why I don't get paid the big bucks like you, John. (laughs) You're right. You know, Coach New must have been for 25 years. And but Coach Newberry in the, in the presser, he said the same things that, you know, he believes that he is coaching at America's best institution. He said that he believes in the mission. He, he wants everybody to, you know, serve honorably and also, you know, be phenomenal leaders. And Coach Diamond is a servant leader. And Coach Newberry probably has a completely different, you know, if you, if you look at Coach Neumont, you know, you know, a guy from Hawaii. And then you got this guy, Fear the Beard. It's an f- amazing beard, by the way. Uh, that is that is great. Um, so I think I, that, I'm going to do T-shirts next year that say Fear the Beard. And I we can have that like Gardner Minshew, like kind of outline. Yeah. Thing. Yeah. I, I love think it. That's the play. Because if you look at his, his photo, coach's photo um, on the website, there's no beard. You know, that, that came into play over years of, Doing the stats of them growing as a defense collectively, every category possible, passing, rushing, third down conversions have dropped tremendously. And you can see it. We absolutely dominated Army. After the first half, I'm like, they're not going to get 100 yards on us. Coach Muckingham said afterwards they won. He goes, I don't know how we won. 100 yards rushing, maybe. They won by, you know, mistakes on us, you know, punt, fumbles, you know, uh, some some bad coaching calls. So, I think the you know the Naval Academy is, is it's you know it's it's set in stone, right? We're we're gonna be a leadership school, and hopefully, um, Coach Newberry has some tricks up his sleeves because this is a very fluid and um, different recruiting culture. And to like like Keenan said, we need to get players in the door. If you don't get players in the door, it doesn't matter what coach you get. You give a coach Belichick, but if you don't if you don't have players in the door. Then you're going to throw the ball at Jacoby Myers, and that's not good. We don't do that. So it's just a different ball game we're playing here. Oh, too soon, Eric. Too soon. (laughs) 
I I wouldn't want to be in the film room uh, with Belichick and Jacoby Meyer. That, that's for sure. But Wags, you've covered this team for years now. You've presided over a very finite number, a very few uh, amount of coaching changes. How do you evaluate this? You know, is the program in good hands? Good hire, mediocre hire, bad hire. I certainly don't think it's the latter two, but you know, how, how do you evaluate this on the grand scheme of the evolution of the program from, from your experience from way back when to now where we're dealing with NIL and a new defensive coordinator taking over for what a lot of people think is a legend? Well, the jury's still out, isn't it, John? Uh, we don't even know who the offensive coordinator is going to be, and that's, to me, going to be a crucial hire, and we won't really know the performance of that individual until next season. So to me, I mean, obviously keeping coach Newberry from a leadership standpoint, I agree with from maintaining continuity on the defensive side of the ball. I agree with, I, I think he represents the Naval Academy. Well, he believes in the mission. All of those things are a plus positives, but it's a little bit out of a box higher at a school where I'm, I try to think of a service Academy Coach who was a defensive guy, I think Bob Sutton at Army way back might have been the last defensive-oriented coach that was the head coach for the most part. Bill, that's Bob Sutton with uh, the Kansas City Chiefs, that guy? Yeah. yeah. That, oh, yeah. Army. Five yeah, years. he was the head coach at Army when I was a plebe at Army. Yeah, he, yeah. he used to talk he used to cra talk crap to me when I was with the Chiefs. <laughs> yeah, he um, – <laughs> Bob Sutton led Army to a 10-2 record, and the next year they had a losing record, and Rick Greenspan, the athletic director, fired him on a street corner in Philadelphia. It's infamous. But, and it, by the way, Bob Sutton contacted Coach Niamatololo and said, well, they did the same thing to you that they did to me. Um, but anyway, not to digress, it is an out-of-box hire to have a defensive guy lead a program whose identity is the triple option. So that puts pressure on Newberry to make sure he gets it right with his offensive staff. So I, the jury is still out on a lot of levels, uh, but you know, as stated at the very beginning, I agree with the hire. I like Brian Newberry. I think he'll do a good job and be a good representative of the Naval Academy and Navy football. Well, ladies and gentlemen, that is the final thesis statement of this podcast, the emergency pod. You thought you were done with us, but we were back. So many thanks to Keenan and Eric for joining us. Happy holidays to them, to Wags and Chris. Thank you for your continued efforts from me to you. Thank you to the Sing Second Sports fan base. For all of us, to you, happy holidays, happy new year, and we will see you in January. This is Sing Second Sports. We're out. Thoughts and opinions expressed on this pod are our own and don't represent the views of the Naval Academy Athletic Association, the United States Naval Academy, or any organization for that matter. Play-by-play -play calls from the Navy Radio Network are used in the opening of the show and from time to time will be part of podcast segments.